Hello and welcome back to The Bigger Podcast. I am very honoured, privileged and proud to have my big cousin. Um, a lot of people didn't know that before. Yeah, yeah but a lot of people, because you know, we don't look nothing alike. They probably thought I was your younger cousin, maybe. <laughs> this is an unexpressed <laughs> podcast, so um, piss off. Uh, we've got Sammy on. Um, obviously, I've known Sammy all of my life, believe it or not. Um, I... Grew up always wanting, always following him about like a like a shadow, pretty much. We can say that, can't we? Yeah. Uh, anything Sammy done, I wasn't too far behind. We'll get into them stories, trust me. I've quite a few ones that I dug up. Probably should have left them way back in that main, mindset. I probably more. forgot to be very <laughs> I can't even mind what I have for dinner. Um, but yeah, we're going to go through, if Sammy allows, sort of his journey of, you know, what got him pretty much to be a damn good coach at Ray Academy um, from pretty much as far back as he can remember. Um, I'll correct him on a few things that he might forget along the way. Um, he's got a fantastic story. I know these podcasts are normally 30 minutes, but um, if I'm happy, Sammy's happy and Darren's happy, we're going to be here for quite a while. Oh, here no. we go. We'll <laughs> Orla's like, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, Sammy, tell us pretty much what's your first ever memory? My first ever memory? Gee, I was going back a while now. Uh, I, don't, I always remembered like, growing up up on... Even just being around playing football and Laka and stuff like that. There. I don't really, I remember stories, but I think they've been told to me more than anything. Uh, but just, away. I don't know, growing up and flying down the hill and a load of, with a load of trucks and that tied together. Pure death. The big hill out the back of your house. Down so, the front of my house. So Sammy's home house is up Mullockboy, and anyone knows Mullockboy is the top of a mountain. Yeah, so we but used to tie the cosy kits together and fly down that hill. <laughs> <laughs> they live right at the top house. I used to hate going walking that after yeah. Sunday school. Up yeah. that big back hill. Yeah, that's a big hill. But um, yeah, so we, we did spend a lot of time together when we were younger because um, my mum would look after yeah. you, Jason my, and My Richard. dad owned the business, or was running the business, and my mum helped out, and we were at yours from no age, uh, summers, after school, everything. It was awful. <laughs> you don't mean that. <laughs> Even when they went on holidays and left you all with us, that was the best times because I had to share my bed. Um, but yeah, um, Far back as I remember, the one thing that always sticks out for me was you're always a bit of a bit of a tough, tough character. Bit of a tough character. I, I'm not gonna say that you're not a lover but a fighter, but like um I did enjoy fighting to be fair. But I remember my earliest memory of ever seeing anyone being dropped was we were playing Raptor Run back in the day. And I was only a tote, like I wasn't fast. I was still, still not fast. But um we wrapped the door and everyone was running, but I got caught by his big chap. You remember this, no? <laughs> so this big chap caught me, put me up against the fence, and I was, I think I was screaming, probably crying because I was only about eight, which would have made you about, what, 11? See, got it out of me, he's older. Um, <laughs> about 11, and I just remember this fist coming in from nowhere. I clocked him, and... I don't even remember it. That was bad. Nothing, he didn't. Say, I don't, I, to be fair, I don't remember things like that there, going but, back. And then I got away scot-free, which was probably the highlight of that whole thing. Yeah, I definitely had no fear. I've always had no fear. I think that's sort of whenever I started looking up to you because, not because you were always taller, but like, because um, you'd never had that fear. Whereas I was always a wee bit, I was always one of those people that overthought everything, you know, risk over everything, which I still am, especially when we're planning events. You're mad to, you know, take a stretcher down the wrong side of a hill. And I'm like, no, let's not do that. Let's do it. I've done it before and it works. Um, so I would be more of the person who worries too much about risk, but. It happens. Yeah. That's what makes everything a good team in here. Ah, so you keep me grounded. You keep me grounded. <laughs> I will grind you. Um, but then you, uh, you're always ahead of me, especially I always knew this in school, you were always a couple of years ahead of me, which meant every time I was joining an establishment, you were leaving it. 
um, whether you were being suspended or whatever it was for. <laughs> You're not going to let these come up, are you? Uh, You're not going to let me drag these up. I was suspended. What? I suspended. Tell uh, us why you got suspended from high school. Uh, well, everybody knows, like, <laughs> you come the end of your kind of time in school, you would uh, play pranks and stuff like that there. So Never did it in my time. We'd... Uh, me and a couple of other lads then decided we would hide fish heads around the school. Fish heads. We got away with the first one, but got <laughs> caught the second time coming in with the next bag. Uh, so kicked those things. So I ended up, I got pushed out about the last two months. So ended up having to be taken in by my mum to do my exam. <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to be in the school by myself. <laughs> but no, I was a wee bit of a prankster. I, so that's, I missed, like, I always felt like I was always missing out. Um, the second time it happened was... I know we're going to go back to about you joining the army and stuff like that because we love talking about that stuff because yeah. it's an experience we had and we like to share it with everybody else. But whenever I joined the regiment you were in, you just said to piss off and go to another regiment, so uh, I missed you again. Uh, it just seemed to work, <laughs> didn't it? Uh, I don't know if you ever noticed or was it just me? No, definitely <laughs> not. I, I don't know. I, you know me, I don't like to sit in one place too long. <laughs> you get going. You're not leaving here. Um, but so you uh, worked a few jobs before you decided. You, you were trying to get into the army for a while, weren't you? Uh, it wasn't I was trying to get in. I wanted to leave from school and my mum and dad were like, no, uh, try, get a trade, get a trade type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know where I was, they didn't think it would last or just, I don't know, they just they didn't think it was for me so they wouldn't let me sign up or they didn't sign the paperwork because at 16 you had to sign the paperwork and then basically went off, left school then, started doing electrician and that didn't really like it but then the recession started coming so I was out of work for it mm -hmm. and I went back I was working for my dad and then I was doing a bit of welding and all the work seemed to be drying up coming in 2007 the recession was coming 2007 and I was 18 and I was like right I can do this by myself so went online and sent it away and away I went I just applied online then to join the army because uh, I it sort of came out of the blue because I know I talked about it for a long time I didn't make it vocally a big thing um, uh, you were I can't mind, was it Darren? You were down, he had a lovely wee Mark IV Golf. I worked in AutoCare yeah, at the time. That's right. And he pulled, that was the first time I heard you were going and I was like, hold on a minute, not a chance. You uh, were playing rugby and all that time, weren't you? I, no, and you really I, I was doing stuff. everything, like even down, like I had the job and I enjoyed it down, uh, what do you call it, Bobby, Laverty, uh, welding and fabricating and stuff like that there. But I don't know, I just, I was always more, I knew I had something more in me and the army, the adventure, everything just kind of, it enticed me and I always wanted even from school I wanted to go but I kind of got brushed over and then at 18 it was just like right I can do this I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna take a plunge and just go for it and away I went funny like I applied online and they come in through the door and on the top of it it had like the Her Majesty stamp thing right. on it and my mum thought it was a court summons <laughs> or something so she had it open but I remember coming home from work and they were like your dad wants to speak to you and then obviously they had opened it thinking it was a court summons and it was the joint instructions for the army and then but sat down and talked and then they were like right well you're 18 you're old enough to make your own decision and away I went from that then. And straight into Catrick. Yeah. Um, so you were, you were, did you meet Orla before or after? I met Orla before, so I met Orla in the February and mm -hmm. around her birthday. I think it was a leap year, so we always say it was a leap year day, but we're not quite sure. <laughs> it was after I come up the road. You just said to go to buy the gift before you. <laughs> a rugby, yeah. After being down watching a rugby tour, and then I played rugby with Orla's cousin, mm -hmm. and she happened to be there giving the lift. It was quite a funny story, but I go met on, her. Tell the story, <laughs> tell You need and, to share these things. And, uh, it makes it like, so interesting. So, the next week then at the rugby, we hit rugby training and I was like, oh, 
oh, what about your wee cousin, the wee blonde? Oh, hey, Orla. She was asking about you. Well, to this day, I don't know where she was asking about me or not, but, yeah, well, she doesn't let on. But I got her number anyway off him and made a phone call. I think we were, I think we were drunk, like drinking in the rugby club mm-hmm. at the time. And I phoned her up and they were all sitting laughing at me because I was like, oh, I heard you're asking. And she like, no. <laughs> I was like, all right. And then I started messaging her and, and just kind of left me there and met her and, uh, that was a February and then I went off in the June but it was always we always just kind of said we'll see how things go and it's if, it works, well. it works. <laughs> <laughs> if it works it works if it works it doesn't four young boys so, later like three months we were together and I headed off to Catrick and away I went but like what does that mean for you like uh, uh, to find a woman that sticks around like that uh, the stick on power alone I think it's Orla never had a boyfriend, like a serious boyfriend before mm-hmm. me. Well, so she says, I don't know where it passed. <laughs> it's all going to come out now. So she was always quite independent. And I think it kind of worked for the two of us because yeah. normally I would get in a relationship with a girl and then be like, we'd be on top of each other. And then I'd be like, right, now I'm done with that. Yeah, uh, I, I need to go and do other bits. Of it. So it, it just seemed to work for us. And any time of his own, then we spent time together and it just right. kind of grew from there. Because when Alex was on, she said, every time I was home on leave, like, you know, her everything stopped like she stopped socializing with her friends for like if it was a week or you're home for a month like all that time it was like you're put into a bubble and you were sort of like yep that's uh, all you're doing uh, for, uh, for it was similar for us like did you notice whenever you well you came home whenever you like um left the army you came home during covid uh, literally was, right at the start. i go home the night and went in the lockdown in the morning so like was that not <laughs> without sounding bad was that not really intense like going from like having i'm not going to say like the single life but you were like solo to having Every, again. No, I don't know. I, I thought, I thought, I, I thought I had it running. I just loved. It. I loved being at home. We had two boys at the time, and Orla was pregnant with the next one coming. And we, we were like four kids in that house throughout that time. We just tried to make it as fun as possible, like having our own McDonald's drive-throughs for lunch and stuff like that. Like just tried to make memories. We still have a scrapbook made with all the pictures, and, and then obviously took into the garden and racked it. And Orla was pulling her hair out. Two weeks before I had a baby, there's muck everywhere. But it all paid off. <laughs> it's a nice back garden, mate. Uh-huh. Um, so I, so you went into Catrick. Um, did you, how did you find that? Be honest, like, you, you, I watched you. I actually watched your pass out video or DVD. Because you get these videos, they make like a highlight. It's pretty much a highlight read of your training. Sometimes they drop other people's training videos into right, it to make right. it better. I remember watching yours. Uh, I must have watched it about, I'm not going to lie, at least 10 times before I was like, Right. I don't even know where our DVDs at, so if you have one, I, let probably, me know. I probably have one. <laughs> I don't have my own, but I'm sure yeah. yours is lying away somewhere. But I watched it maybe a good ten times, watching you come up like up the leading the pack and the tabs and stuff and all. I yeah. was like, well, I let's do it. See, that was a, like I, I put my mind on anything. Like even now, still, I go all in. Like I am literally like, right, I'm doing this. I'm going to be the best at that era, and that's the kind of mentality. I don't know. I kind of go at, and it was like. Whenever I got there, I, to be fair, I was probably one of the fitter ones there that mm-hmm. started. Because I remember we had a platoon sergeant, he's dead now. He actually died while we were still in training. The word came back, he left us and went out on tour and died. And I think that there was whenever a big realisation come. But like, I remember he was like doing a runaway, like trying to mm-hmm. run away from us. And I was just nipping at his heels. And I always remember that was into X1, so what, week three or four in training? Uh-huh. And he just turned around and he goes, you're going to go far, kid. And I just always remember, I can still picture him now and saying that to me. And I was like, right. Was he but in that guard, was he? Uh, as I went, uh, Scott's guard. And as I went on, uh, I don't know, the lads obviously got fitter. Yeah. But I had put in a hell of a lot of training. And I think I, well, not that I got unfit, they just got fitter around me. So I ended up like drifting 
not into the like, but more into the middle of the pack. But yeah. I still had a good base of fitness. Whereas mine was the opposite. I went and I was ridiculously unfit, and I thought, going, oh God, this is how hard could this be? You know, I can run the length of myself. Completely different, you know yourself. Uh, yeah. like your, fir- your first week maybe as in trainers, and then after that, you're in boots and everything. And I came home on Christmas leave, and I brought a rucksack home with me, mm-hmm. and I. Yeah tab the length and breadth of the town but that's saying that tells about your mentality like you're there you know uh, why, what is it to say why hang out on the day when you can hang out every day or whatever <laughs> it is I, don't, I think it's all the way about but, but um, I, I didn't like doing that no I, like I was that bad you know when you're at the back and they're just constantly ripping at you hey and you hear your name that often that it starts to become uh, like numb to it immune to it um, and that's whenever my mentality changed and then whenever I came back I remember the first tab after and I was at the front for the majority of it because the rest had probably went home and partied because they'd been locked in for the last six weeks or but whatever. even then I was like you know what I, that was the first time I felt truly fit in myself and I was like you know I'm going to go for this and I only lost best recruit to an ex-marine who was in the Dominican army I didn't know there was a Dominican and a Dominican Republic this guy was six foot three mad I always say six foot three but he definitely yeah, he was, was, like, was um, and he was just all over it and I was so I was raging I was like sure I argued my case and I was like surely he's already been trained how yeah, can he get he best, best recruit but I got it. But um, I so you went from there and you went to the prestigious Irish Guards. You went to the Irish Guards, straight onto the hill <laughs> in Windsor. And I was like, what am I doing? But I've noticed, whenever I went, there was like the old school one and then there's the current Irish Guards. You all, everyone that you talk to always talk about Windsor. They always talk about how it used to be. Big Jim, all them boys and all that. Uh-huh. Um. It always sounds so much better back then. I it it is, but you know, like being a squatter yourself, you always find the worst, and it, it doesn't like you never really think of the good. We got it. Was just. Well, I actually said that I was talking to Noble the other day. He, he messaged me, and we were talking about the time I was nicking his washing machine, and I was like, "Man, we didn't realize because I put that picture up. You know, the three different pictures up, and I was like, we didn't realize we were like. Oh, we always said at the time, all oh, this is shit, this is crap, all this sort of stuff. But we were living our best times oh, there, a hundred percent, and like, we didn't even. Like whenever I was in the pathfinders, you'd bits and moan and whatever about things. But like these were things, if you were in battalion, you'd be like, please let me do it. You know what I mean? And we were moaning, oh, well, I have to go to America skydiving again. My wife's going to shoot me. You're like, three weeks in America, jumping out of a plane in California. And people genuinely were like, oh, again. <laughs> somebody <laughs> says somebody says to me on the last trip of the colour, the, the Queen's last one last year, and they were like, um, geez, you, you wouldn't want to do that again, would you? I was like, I... As bad as it sounds, yep, get me a tunic, See, I'd be on that. I'm the opposite. I'm like, I'm glad to say I've done it. And <laughs> no. I done the. I love ceremonial. Uh, I love this. No, that wasn't for me. And that's why then I decided to go and do peak. Do you know what was funny? Because I come out and at that time, I wasn't even that fit. I'd been drinking and partying as you do whenever you first rock up. And I just remember going, oh, enough, enough to do that there. Enough, enough. And then. I don't. I think I'd done like a back-to-back Windsor Guard, mm-hmm. and obviously the lads that were training for Peak Company were getting off it. And I was had noticed it was on this here, and I was like, "Oh, do you know, what? I'm going to do Peak Company." And uh, Millie Butler, he was my sergeant major at the time, and I always remember going in. And he was like, "Good lad," because he was ex-guards para. Mm-hmm. So that was it. The next thing, my name was off. So I pretty much done like it off to Queen's Guards, but at the same time, then I got into it, and it's three weeks we done in Windsor under him and a couple of other lads that have been to Guards para. And uh, 
we were doing like two, three fizz sessions a day. And see, by the time I actually hit the course, then, mm-hmm. I was fit, whereas the fit ones at the time, I whenever I was hanging out, they were all dipping down mm-hmm. and like they ended up not passing the course. And I was one of the ones that did, I think it was like 20 odd Irish guards went for. It was a big push at it at the time because it was about to fold. Mm-hmm. And 12 of us passed, I think, and went to the... Over to they, the platoon. They always say that though, if you if you hit the beat up wrong, if boys go too early. Same as we're talking about, I know it's completely different. We're talking about high rocks, people yeah, getting yeah. excited now. Oh, uh-huh. But there is that peak element, yeah, and like uh-huh. as you say, they peaked and that cost them going to the parachute regiment. Yeah, 100%. Um, so tell people who don't understand it, because sometimes I get a wee bit harshly whenever Alex says to me about somebody being in the army and then they're in the RLC and they're chefs, and you're like, that's not the same thing. Yeah. Can you tell them the difference between, you know, Parshat Regiment, Pathfinders, all that sort of stuff, because everyone thinks it's all one big collective. Uh, but yeah. like, so the Irish Guards, you have like, so you're uh, infantry, you do an infantry job, but then you are also got the ceremonial thing, and then move over into the Parshat Regiment, it is just all soldier, like, you don't really do much in camp, yeah. you're soldier and all the time, you're constantly in the field, and then obviously you got the parachuting element of it, so you're an airborne force, uh, and you just you have to be that bit fitter than you would do in a normal battalion. Not that like there's loads of blokes in Irish Guards are more than fit enough to be in the paras, but it's mm-hmm. just obviously they didn't go for it. And the mindset I would say is a lot more different. It's more of a brotherhood than in the parachute regiment mm-hmm. that would be in the Irish Guards. A wee bit more split. Whereas like if you're a para, one para, two para, three para, you're a para, and yeah, that's yeah. it. And I kind of fell in love with that there whenever I went over, but it is. But that's through hardship. We always talk about it. Ah, uh, yeah. Always exactly. talk about it because you've all thing. done one, like one combined course, and you know that everyone had to do blood, sweat, and tears to get through it. That big company, that's it. Yeah. And then, so while I was there, then I kind of heard about the Pathfinders. They were the BRF at the time. Whenever I was in Afghanistan, explain what that is. Cause so they were the brigade, Reconnan. I can't even say it. Iraqi force. Uh, so they were basically for the whole brigade, which is like a massive outfit where you've got all those like chefs and everything, basically everything. dentists, right down to a dentist uh, under it. And they've, it was their job then to push out beyond uh, into like no man's land, basically where like nobody had been. And I was like, right. So obviously I get sent back to the Irish guards. It was mm-hmm. like, what am I doing? But that, was first, a, that was a real, real downer for you, wasn't it? Like oh, a, massively. Like I went in the hole. I... I would say if he's, I drank, I think I was there nine months, eight months out of that, I would say I was drunk, honestly. You've done all this before I joined, because I saw uh, 2011, I went back, I November 2011. I didn't go to 13. And then, so I had like 2012, but honestly, I really... When were you in Afghan? Were you in Afghan before you went back to the Irish Guards that time? Yeah, I was 2010. Talk to you there. So, and that was an experience for you. I've heard experience. stories back, and I'm going to share them with you, the ones that I've heard from like Stevie and stuff, that I was like... I seems very because in the Irish Guards, Sammy's one of two things. Um, to the seniors, you're like Voldemort. You never talk about you, yeah, because you were drama. Uh, but then to all the lower ranks like us, um, you are like this absolute legend of a man. Like there's stories go around, and I, I, I can only tell you some of them that I've heard. Um, the one where you went up, um, what did you call the big hill? Was it called the massive hill you do for P Company? Um, oh, the tr- Ella or Travelator? Travelator. Apparently there was a log race. And you, no, how many people normally in a log? Uh, oh, I don't know. Seven? Aye, one at the front. Aye. Aye, so I think it's like seven people normally in a log. But apparently Sammy carried the log up 
on the front man and he turned around and realised there was nobody else in the lug. Yeah, no, it definitely didn't happen. <laughs> this is not what just <laughs> definitely didn't happen. Um, um, a few other stories that I probably can't say because this is non-explicit. Um, but I, uh, that all come down to it. Like I was not a camp soldier. Like uh, put me in the field and I was soldier and, and I was all over it because I was hear, doing what I love. You hear all these other stories. It's like twenty-four exercises. Everyone goes out with all their kit and all, all this Gucci stuff and all, and you just landed out, sat down. This is when they knew you were a great soldier. You pulled out two liters of like soup in a big container one time and was on stag and was like, "Does anybody want some?" Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Don't even remember that because I was just sitting and clipping somebody was telling me a story. And I was like, oh. "Yeah, no, but that was me." Like I was. Listen, I love the field. Like being in the field is where I thrived, and mm. being in camp, I just it wasn't for me. Like all the, you know yourself, all the bullshit, and mm. uh, with being in the guards, like all ironing the clothes, and I, I still can't even iron the cord hanks. It's great that I can iron a bit, but even I used to get people to do my iron, and then I'd build their boots because I was not good at it, and I was always getting picked up for. Dirty boots or this, that, and the on, because maybe I'd went for a run or something. You were the like kind of guy who wanted all the stand beside Aye, ah, exactly. Everybody <laughs> wanted to stand beside me, and it's so, like. Shit, shield. <laughs> it's not that, like, I enjoyed the blokes, and it, but it just didn't fit me. You know, it, it too, just wasn't me. It was too straight laced. Nah. Tell us about Afghan. Gans, so, you done Herrick 13? Herrick 13, yes. So, left in 2010. September. 2010? 2010, yes. Went out. Uh, I was my first. First operational tour, and to be honest, you get there, you don't really know what you're going for. This like, was this was like the deal breaker for my mum, wasn't it? Remember she ah, said right, she was uh, like, "If Sammy comes back alive, you can join." And I was like, "What kind of sentence is that I, to say?" But, like? but you say that, but I remember being pulled into the our platoon office and guards para and that there, and the officer all sitting us down. And he's like, "Lads, take a good look around because there's a good chance we're not all going to be sitting here whenever we get back." And he goes, "And just let that sink in. Like this is going to be the reality of it." And I just remember sitting there. Really? What's uh, going on? What do you I remember? Uh, Nine? No, I'd have been 21. 21. But, and I actually, that was just before I went on leave, and I went on leave and finished with Orla because I didn't want to be like dragging her through in case anything was to happen to me and her basically be like this person that thing. So like, awesome. I finished it because yeah. I didn't know what I, I was expecting. I was kind of being cruel to be kind there, so yeah. to speak. But like looking back now, you're kind of, it was probably worse. Because she's still going to hurt if anything did happen to me. But at the time, you're just like, oh, you're like, I really care about that. Part. Yeah. I don't want to be. And at the same time, whenever you're out there, you didn't want to be worrying about her either. Or but I guarantee Because you you've seen people, of course it did. But the fact that we weren't together, but you've seen people like getting up and uptight about, oh, their missus was out and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, oh, they like trust issues and stuff like that. There. And There's one guy I didn't really want all that kind of. No, I'm not even getting into that. I'm not even going to mention We'll talk about that off. <laughs> Anyone wants to know a story, I'll tell them. It's a and, uh, oh, so, so we went and leave and uh, I partied and I will leave and then I'm back. You were massive out. when you came back. I'll never forget it. I'm going to share a picture whenever this one, I'll share them a story. We yeah. all met in... Was it was the market tavern at the time? Ah, uh, there's no no cardio. You say I was literally <laughs> like as I say, one of the pictures on my Instagram. Like we made our own gym and we were lifting whatever we could. I'm going to actually dig up and eating because whenever you if you weren't on patrol, there was nothing else to do. It was like we were in camp, you were on stag, and we obviously had our we makeshift gym hmm. and we were just lifting weights and eating ration packs. Like and you know rations uh, are full of 4, calories, thousand calories, and, and like we're eating maybe two boxes of it a day. <laughs> like they're supposed to last twenty four hours. Uh, 
But I you got were a hench. I remember the traps on you. Uh, well, I carried it on. But then whenever I went to go and do ah, like, course, do. I could, nearly failed the two miler, and I was like always so close to like always hit speed them. Couldn't couldn't run uh, like that. But Afghan was it definitely it was an eye opener. Like you seen a lot of things that I tell us you don't think you just seen. So what you, what you was get the out. hairiest moment? Somebody asked that in one of the questions. I know, I know, I know crap moment. moment. Uh, oh, I sitting talking, Nicky Maloney and me <laughs> were sitting talking. Yeah, there's a couple, of, you know, there's that one and then there's the one with Stevie. It was on the oh crap because anything could have happened at that point. But uh, me and Nicky Maloney were kind of talking and I think he was going on R&R and we we're like, oh, what are you going to get up to? And literally like a bullet come between the two of us and hit off a thing and an R1 just hit off the top of his head. And you were like, phew. And then next thing, you while you were talking in. about R&R, I literally sat and talking about R&R, but then we went into that there firefighting and it was so strange at the end of it, and you're like, oh, so what buses and that do you get? And you're like, <laughs> you literally just switch off back to pick up the conversation. Well, people you. don't realise it's a equivalent of somebody, it's equivalent of a normal job, but that's the way it's installed uh, because yeah. you're constantly drilled. And, like, and then an R1 where obviously improvised explosive devices were a big thing and I remember Stevie Lomas was a point man and then we had our platoon sergeant and then me with a gun behind and Stevie scraped his heel over the top of a pressure plate and obviously I come out and I just remember my platoon sergeant grabbing him by the soldier and pulling him back and I, on a, I can still see you're almost waiting on the flash to happen like this it happens day and daily out yeah. there uh, but it never happened and then we ended up sitting waiting for about 15 hours for somebody to come out and blow it up thing. and I have the video on my laptop of it going off so if he had a student that there was three of us and probably two more behind me would have been getting a bit of it but like you can see shifts in people then with that there yeah. and like you're that close, close to it oh very close and that there's three out to seven months it was close calls we we're on top of a roof this is how you know do you know ECM I don't know where you ever yes. had the car or that but that weighs a ton and there's times I'm sure you're like, oh, just leave it behind. But we're up on top of a roof. And we've just been in a bit of a firefight and there was a bit of a lull. And obviously then you go in and you start clearing the compound. And one of the lads was up, I think. I was lying up in the top corner with a gun. And he pulled back like a like DOS bag, so to speak. And the whole roof was completely plastered. Or like a massive uh, bomb basically sitting mm -hmm. at the roof. And like, I mean, I was... From well, me to you, away from us here, like, that, they could have said. Oh, that. so like literally, we then started crawling down, and as we like kind of cleared out the ECM bubble, as it went out of the ECM bubble, yeah. boof up it went. So um, ECM blue is pretty much um, it stops phone signals. Ah, uh, so, so phone signals. I, I don't can't remember the range. Twenty meters. Twenty meters. So it means if you are going past something, they can't ring another phone and set off A the device. device. Uh, so that so saved your life. I've hundred percent. Do you ever? That sounds so bad me asking you this, but I would probably ask you off camera anyway. But like, do you ever sit and think, just uh, things would just hit you whenever you're sitting quiet alone? Be like, shit, remember that? No. Uh, no, not. It's funny. Just whenever somebody asks you a lot of questions like this. Ah, uh, you're talking about it. Like that's things I don't know. You just don't talk about it. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you last time I talked to probably the lads that were actually I was on tour with. What's like? We have friends, we have semi friends, and then we have friends we were in with. And like I always say to Alex, it's different, it's so different. Like the time me and the three lads just went up Steve Gallion and got lost, bear in mind, three, uh -huh. four soldiers got lost. <laughs> we had a barbecue and laughter. I said, My face hurt from laughing. Uh, just talking about some of the stuff. And like you can just openly talk about things that you cannot talk about. It's like you're in a in a gang. Uh, yeah, do you know, 
I come home and I always felt as if oh, I was being judged, like what? And like whenever I go over there and meet up with the lads, it's like almost left and hang, you, you and can, you can you can fully relax, relax. Yeah. Uh, fully relax. And I don't know, I don't know what that's about, but it does just like I don't know. It's like you're not being judged. It's I don't know. What it is. You see, whenever you came home and leave, and then everyone sort of asked you, did it, it was your identity job. So people ask, were you home for a while or whatever? And you're always like not on your best behavior, but always so polite. And you would be like, yes. And you had that external hard shell on. Uh, it's hard to get it off now. Even uh, now. Like we've, I've been home for two and a half, two and a half years. You've been home three. Uh, I, to be fair, I don't know. I was, anytime I came home, I was in the pub. That was <laughs> what I was doing. So, and people were talking. I couldn't even tell you what I said. To them, to be fair. Well, I think that there was just a way of coping. I coping from being away from it. But now you've, the, um, was, I've noticed a big change in your coping now where you, you need to train now. Uh, 100% need like, to train. Even, I'm not even just talking about the endurance exercises that you do, but like when you come in here, I, I made a remark in one of the WhatsApp groups and I was like, be more like Sammy and I got um, some flack for it. But like, I don't know how to explain it, but before this three, two, one go, you're already away. You're already working and like the sweat coming off you is insane. I, I'm just like, well, I'm here for an hour. I want to get the most out of the hour that I can. But you are busy. You are one of the busiest people I know. It's, it's down to having four lovely sons. I have four that kids break and, everything. and another job. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, especially like with this, like I'm new to this industry, like well, relatively new. Uh, well, I am new to it and I'm still learning. And luckily, like them early mornings and that, they're coming in and assisting Stu. And learning off him, just even just whenever he speaks, like I am hanging off every word he says and so. And like that, there's where you're gaining your experience. So I want to be in here in them early mornings, and then like I'm back and fit to help the, get the kids out of school, yeah. and then get out and clean windows in between it. And I'm just like, well, if I can put in the hard things and gain as much experience off as him, like. Obviously, we've got the extension coming on that, and it is just like, right, well, well there's can, an exclusive. Yeah, no, <laughs> come out in the last one, 20, you can say it. And I'm just like, well, if you know, if Ree's going to grow, I want to grow with it. Do you know what I mean? And, and like, I always say it all the time, we are so fortunate. Like, this this was two and a half years ago, this was an old warehouse. Like it was I remember days. being in it. And everyone I remember Jason crazy. setting up the spray. And I, I was just like, you open there. <laughs> Where's the mirror's going to go? <laughs> Uh, that, to be fair, like I never really trained like that kind of. I done circuits and stuff with the army, uh, but like I've never trained, and I love the way that you're, in, you're in amazing shape. Oh, and like, I haven't like my diet or anything hasn't changed. It's just been consistent. I have been here, or bar whenever I get injured and stuff like that. There, but I'm, even then, I'm still here because yeah. I'm working. <laughs> but it is just that consistency and. Like, as you say, I need to train. And that's funny you were saying, like, about the endurance stuff. I think that's one thing I'm struggling with at the minute. Because I, I, still, I still want to get my three sessions and or some kind of gym in, in the week. Yeah. But, obviously, the thing's running and I Follow need to focus Nick on Bear. the running. Is it Nick Bear? He's all over it. He's at something else as well. But he is, he trains maybe five times a week, weight training, but runs marathons. Yeah, they say that, but that's... And I think I've kind of got a good leg. You've probably seen it today, whereas I'm like, right, my legs are feeling this. I'm not going in and doing a full set of pendulum lunges, so mm -hmm. drop the weights and just yeah. do lights. So still working them. I glute bridges. Like, uh, and doing exactly, like, so like activation is the things that are going to help me with my running. Yeah. So just mixing it up. That way I'm still part of that class, that 5 a.m. class that I've kind of grew into mm -hmm. and like part of the furniture, basically. And like I, I need that there, to be fair. And yeah. it's... 
get in with the same people and fishing. Exactly. Right. Gym stuff's boring. Let's get back to it. Right, so <laughs> you were in Parachute Regiment. Right. Um, then you went back to the Irish Guards and you were like, nah, I'm not ironing. I'm not building boots. And tell us about, it's quite a cool story about how you end up going Pathfinders because you were told no pretty much, weren't you? Yeah. They were like, nah, you're not doing it. Absolutely and you not. just went and did it. I was in the anti-tanks at the time. And like, Oh, anti-salads are called, so you can imagine <laughs> what it was like. like. I was the fittest bloke in the, in the platoon, and I was, so it was like, get that man in every course going. Uh, so they wanted me going deck commanders, and I was, I, so I think I said, yeah, I'll go on deck commanders, so it was kind of booked on, and then I was, I was like, I don't want to be here. Mm. And then the realisation kicked in, and it wasn't even that there. I would genuinely say I was borderline me and Orla were going to finish with the drinking I was doing like I was just forgetting everything going on mm. the drink and I was like and I was like right we one had one of them epiphany moments and I was just like oh I need to sort my life out and I remember being in uh, it was actually Stephen Pemberton uh, Pembo and he was going for the Pathfinders and I was like oh right what was that and kind of you said to me and stuff and that there like or what the course involved I didn't I knew what they were but I didn't know what the course involved mm -hmm. and I was in D McKay's room and there was like he had lifted a pamphlet and I was with for the joint instructions mm -hmm. and I was like oh are you going to do it and he's like no nah. I was like do you mind if I take these <laughs> and he's like crack on <laughs> so I kind of took him and I went in and asked oh can I go on the selection course they're like no you're on deck commanders and I was like and that's the way they are oh, like if you're I, doing this that's what you're doing it's not I, what you want I, to do it's what we but want you I to do I ended up like trying to fight it and I went in then with the OC and everything and he was just like sitting down, oh, and they're telling you like, this is going to be your career. You're mm -hmm. going to do deck commanders and this and take over that. And they that. would tell you that. Oh, and I was like, I don't want that. I, I remember, want this. I remember going in there like, you're going on a promotion course. I was like, I'm not. Yeah. And they were like, you're going on a promotion course. I was like, I promise you, I'm not doing it. And he set me down and I took myself off the, the CFT and then I got punished. Uh, and then uh, they tried to send me again. I was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't that, want that, to do that it. Was a, they tried to tell you, oh, this is you. This is what, this is like what we want for you. But, I was very lucky. There was a, an officer, I'll not name him, just like, you know, he could get out anyway. But he was in the middle of getting out. But I had a motorbike and he had a motorbike and we had went out for rides the weekend and all. And we were sitting and I was kind of chatting with him and telling him, like, the crack. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, they're not saying it. They can't get on. And he was like, bring it to me. I'll sign it. Mm -hmm. So I went over and he, I think he was getting out the army, kind of. We were about to go on the leave and then he was gone anyway. Yeah. So he signed all my paperwork. So technically still on. Oh, it wasn't luck. Luckily, I was a baker. <laughs> Still, I was lucky he was getting out. I lucky, he was, I, exactly. So he signed the paperwork, and I was supposed to go and leave, mm -hmm. and then uh, leaves like holidays. Uh, I was supposed <laughs> to go and leave uh, holidays, and then come back and go on deck commander. So I was taking my holidays at a different time to everybody else. The Olympics was actually going oh, on yeah. at the time, so I was off the Olympics because I, I was wasn't going too far on. behind you now. Then. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, I was going to this deck commander's course, and I uh, so obviously didn't go in it well instead of going and leave. So that's the only leave I was getting. So if I had to come off PF, yeah. I wasn't getting home to see Orla in the summer. But basically, I went on went on my holidays and a weekend of my three weeks that I had off on I on the Saturday I had to be down in Wales. Mm -hmm. So I went down to Wales on PF selection, and then obviously you've got the two weeks that you have which are all the speed marches and the hills phase and stuff mm -hmm. like that there. And uh, I always remember I finished endurance and passed endurance on the finished late Sunday night. 
And on the Monday morning, my phone actually, because you get a lie-in, it's like the first lie-in you've had and you don't get much sleep on it. And it, bearing in mind, I've just been walking over mountains for 24 hours. My phone went off. At, uh, I think I was to be at, on the course at nine o'clock or something on that Monday morning. So my phone went off at half nine and it was my, what do you call it, platoon commander? He was like, why are you not in that course? So I was like, oh, I'm on PF selection. <laughs> and he was like, I don't, obviously he went off and I was like, well, it's done now. <laughs> and like, that was it. So I think that's why, like, I always, I put it in a few posts and that, but that was my why. I was like, right, I've burnt bridges. Like, a, if I go back, I am in the the doghouse. I'm in the doghouse. You'll be on guard for quite some time. <laughs> but luckily, it was fit the pass and go back. Like, I remember actually coming back. I needed to get on signed in the training line. And I was hobbling. It was actually that same day. And I had to go see him. But I was hobbling across the uh, drill square to go over and get it signed by the, one what of the training sergeants. In Aldershot? In Aldershot. Yeah. And of my uh, company lines were all over to the left. And I remember somebody shouting out the window, ah, oh, what's happened? Have we come off? I knew you would. And I was like, no, I just need paperwork signed so I'm going to Rangers. And it was just a big middle <laughs> finger up to him, you know what I mean? Because uh, I had a friend and he was in the uh, Kenny HQ element and he was obviously messaging me. He's like, they all think you're going to fail. They think you have a chance. Mm -hmm. And I was like, right. And that was the fire within me. I was like, oh, do they not? I was like, That's oh, the best fire. I said, they don't doubt. think I don't have a chance because the last year we've been sat in camp and he's been trying to get me to set up a Navex in a place that we go running every day. And I'm like, well, what's the point? Let me take them here and do mm -hmm. it here because then they're actually going to achieve something. And that's the kind of thing you're fighting. And that's why I knew I didn't want to be like, it wasn't for me because I just wanted to soldier and bring the lads under me and make them a better soldier as well. They ended up turning into a proper legend in the battalion though. Like it made, made my life easier. That was a, in the a second ever person to pass PF yeah. from the Irish Guards. You know, and bear in mind, like, whenever I passed, I think I was 270, I was the 272nd person ever to pass the Pathfinder. That's where you tattoo there for you, 272. And that was only, like, we had a big carter, uh, carter of the pass, there was 12 of us, so it could have been any of them numbers depending on the second year. So. Uh, aye, right enough. Yeah. So you could have been 260. Because um, whenever I went to battalion, um, I was straight out to Cyprus, and somebody checked, my platoon sergeant at the time checked my... Facebook because they're creepy like that, aren't they? Uh, they do, and they're like, like he's like, "Why you?" Uh, bear in mind, you was getting treated like you know, you treat it like a, a pro, uh, oh, absolute dirt. Yeah, were the best days. I go get tart and paint. I was like, I know there's no such thing. And yeah. I go get. It. I was like, okay. Yeah. I used to get ears a tenner. I want like twenty four. Uh, what do you call a create a Stella or whatever? Or twenty four Stella and twenty cigarettes, and I want change. You're like, that's only ten pound, but you had to go get it. And like. That's one thing I never done because I always I carried that all the way through. I was like, if things I get treated by, and I didn't like, uh, I didn't do to somebody else. But I think that's why my company, like two company, was solid. Eh? But um, when I was out in Cyprus, anyway, we were getting me and three other new lads were getting shit on all the time, all the shit stags, middle of the night, um, and then you're up in the morning doing all the admin and stuff and all. Day two. He called us all in and he was talking to us anyway, you know, asking us, you know, who's who and all sort of stuff. I never mentioned you. And he was like, how do you know, how do you know uh, Sammy Lepari? And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, how do you know Sammy Lepari? I was like, I've just known from the town. And he, one of them to the stomach, I was like, he's my cousin. <laughs> and then I ended up sitting in a sanger all day eating eggs for him. God, God, it's so handy for the, until we broke curfew. Um, Oh, well, handy for a few weeks, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Who's that? I got the album. Not that he's going to be smudge. Uh, all right. Good. Well, dead on. Uh.
Um, but I, so Pathfinders, you've done that for a long, you were like one of the longest serving at this stage. Uh, so that's like a three year kind of posting, but obviously if you're there, like I, I was lucky I got there, I think I went as a Lance Corporal and then actually got bust back to the private for the antics of going on PF selection for like being disordered or being naughty basically and had to go back and get bust. So I had all the time in the world. It's normally once you start getting into the higher ranks then obviously the funnel gets tighter mm-hmm. and there's less spaces for them. So eight years I done. Eight, eight years in the Pathfinders. But what a lot of the lads life. like I passed by they went on and obviously went to better things and the special forces and stuff like that. But were you ever tempted? Oh, it was a massive thing for me, but it was kind of... A lot of people uh, back in the battalion were saying, um, you know, why didn't, why doesn't he go on and just go 2-2, go SAS? Uh, do you know, I could easily could have done, and it's one before of the... We, before we talk about it, everyone knows what the SAS is, but a lot of people don't know what Pathfinders is. Can you tell us what Pathfinders is? So the Pathfinders is, we're an advanced, we were, uh, me, <laughs> I still am it, but... Uh, one and all, yeah. Uh, we're the advanced force, basically. We are the spearhead of the British Army, so you have special forces that are operating, doing their own thing. But if the British Army was to move anywhere as a unit, uh, we would be basically the first on the ground so we were quite trained. far behind enemy lines Aye, so even cross border ops everything yeah. so like we would be the first in that's that's actually our you motto were, you were doing like halo jumps uh, halo jumps so oh. again it's only like at that time it was only the pathfinders and the special air service that were actually doing that type of parachute and, yeah. and then I think there's uh, like the S- SBS and that air is now doing it too but at that time I was just us uh, but basically, that's, your job. That's terrible. Like, I've done the one where it pulls the cord for you and you're dropping in on ash, bricking it. I brick it not there more <laughs> than I do the one. But, like, what's the highest you've jumped out of? 25,000 feet. And you need oxygen night, for that? At, at night. Oxygen at night. Pitch black at night. You're in the desert, and honestly, you're coming down. It's freezing as well. But as you come down, you can feel the atmosphere warming you up. And you're just literally what looking experience. for a white tea. You're literally, it's like a tea, and that's basically how you know where to go and land. Or it could have been lit up. Uh. But like, out of anyone I know that's been, well, obviously anyone that I know, uh, you've had the best career there. I, I, as you say, career, I, it's good. Like, I always remember. You made so the like, most of those t- that's uh, 12 those, years. Exactly. Yeah. I guess t- only 12 years you were there. Uh, oh, definitely. Like, on the experiences and that, it was great. I always think back, there's a fella, like, I took my oath of allegiance with, and he kind of, he stayed in battalion and climbed the ranks, and I'm like, oh, I know who done by Port Rush. Uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Good. Yeah, you probably maybe listen he's to my it, boss but, for a while. Uh, he's a mega bloke. Like, uh, and I always thought, geez, he's flying, like he's doing really well. But again, he was good in that kind of environment. Like, and I went, I went my know. way. I, 100%. Like, we, I talked to him and he says the same thing. He goes, like, I wish I was doing what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you sit back and think about it, like, I went to French Guyana. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people don't even know where French Guiana is. Like Everyone thinks it's in France. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like a sweet, tiny country just north of Brazil with the French Foreign Legion and the French Vessel Forces and done jungle training Lethal. and exercises. Jungle was my favourite experience. Oh, 100%. And it's just like... But going, I was like, six, get me off this somehow. Like six people. That's all I went. Six pathfinders around that there. And it's oh, just bullshit, like... Damn. And I, I had only been in the platoon a couple of months. 
I think I found out on a Friday and got headed over in the train on the Sunday. Like that's how quick. And like I love that piece of life. Like your kit was always sitting ready. Mm. You didn't know when you were getting a phone call. I got a phone call on my honeymoon and to say, "Oh, you're going to Las Vegas three days after you get back." And we're like, oh, "I'm supposed to have my bed being delivered and moving into my new house, like we are now." But <laughs> clearly, that there had to be pushed back. I miss you, and how's the Cyprus? That was one of the downsides I said about it. Um, somebody asked me what's the worst part about being in the army and stuff. You do miss a lot, like. Uh, you do miss a lot. You're living a life, but did you ever notice whenever people ask you, like, what are you up to? And you're just like, where did I start? So you're just like, uh, not know, a big deal, uh, honestly. But like, in behind it, you're like, <laughs> you're doing crazy. Ah, uh, mad stuff. Like, like, I'd be away for six weeks. And, and you've that What many you've stories. done on that there six weeks is just. But you're nearly too um, tired to talk about it. Uh, and then whenever you get with the lads, then you don't have to talk about it. Yeah, because everybody be, was there with me. I already just be like, here, do you mind that time? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you're, you're laughing about the events that happened, aren't it? Mad stuff. Uh, no. um, where's the best place you've ever been? The best place I've ever been. With, you know I mean? Not with your wife. Oh. Uh, don't, say, don't say Vegas because you'll get in trouble. No, Elsinore. Uh, we went out there like for parachuting basically adventure well adventure chain that was uh to get jumps up for doing the high altitude stuff and mm. we actually then traveled down till el, el centro and done our high altitude parachuting but we were out there for three weeks and it was just a skydiving boogie like mm. having the crack, the crack and doing all like the fs stuff so you're jumping out five six seven eight of you trying to all get together and <laughs> Like that was mad. See, thinking back to it now, you're just like, like we were unexperienced, and there's us there basically <laughs> wrestling in the middle of the sky, and you're like, <laughs> you talk about near death experiences, and we thought we were landing on the ground laughing, like oh, I tipped you over, <laughs> like there's you really died. Was, I know. <laughs> you're just laughing about it, but I think that those are like uh, my favorite one was whenever R and R is unreal. Like they, they leave you actually leave you alone for a few days. We went to San Pedro. Have you ever heard of it? No. No. It's just literally an island and there's no cars on it. It's all golf carts. And the one rule they said to us was nobody's allowed in a golf cart. So what's the first thing that happens? Everybody wants to go <laughs> on a golf cart. But it was one guy, Jimmy Walsh, he 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 died too. But um he came round the corner and we were like, nah lads, let's just play by the rules. You're not piss them off. You don't piss him off and I'll piss us off. He came round the corner and the first night and there was only three wheels left in this thing. And we were like, Oh, no. oh my goodness. And um yeah. your man was like, right, thousand thousand Belizean dollars, which is five hundred American dollars. Well we'll forget about it. He paid it up. No no qualms or whatever. Next day they found out he was a British soldier, they wanted like eight no, times the money. So we, we all had to do up, right? We was like, get that yeah. paid. But oh. madness, there are some of the best memories. Eh? Do you know, and this is the thing, I was terrible. Like so many lads now you see have got out and they're putting pictures of this and they're like, as I said to you, I kept no photos. That's what I said. I was I like, know. I have GoPros, I have cameras coming out of my, but I have barely anything from when I'm in. I, I so and like the time, you see the old person putting up, and I was like, I, and I think that there's the biggest thing, like even sharing some of the stuff on social media. It took me a wee while before yeah. I would actually put it on, because like, especially in the Pathfinders, you, it was that secretive. You weren't even on social media. Aye, like, I left my social media and me and Orla have a joint one, and that was like, I had it, but it wasn't, really me it was uh, her type thing just to keep in touch with the lads back home uh, obviously I still haven't even went and changed it but but it's true because like we were like you got that many anytime you're coming home you got these many briefs and they were like um, 
has all doom and gloom, but it's a lot, it's well changed. They now, were like, they were like, here, look, you can't go into, you can't go into this area. And I was like, I drive home for that ever, for that ever area every day. <laughs> I mean, I'm not allowed to look. <laughs> I, I wasn't allowed to drink in the rugby club. I was like, I play for the rugby club. I was like, uh, I'm allowed to play on the pitch, and I was coming home and playing them for the day. That that was a good trip as well. First ever like away, that, away trip. Head and I'll talk about that. Stuff. Oh, unreal! We got to go to South Africa. The Lions were touring, and think? we played rugby three and you games. Paid to do this, and we got to go. Till uh, Lions in South Africa. Not oh, no. <laughs> but like, when are you ever going to get that chance again? And like, like, even like skiing holidays. No, people are like, never got skiing. Never, never got skiing. Never got skiing. Two hundred quid got your accommodation. Food. I was always lying in a hole. All your higher gear and your ski pass. Yeah, for I know, and then right. when you're over there, you get an LSA, which is like extra money every day. So you got more money for being there. I know. That's a good thing about the pathfinder. You're never there. So you were always in LSA. Any wonder you were thinking about. Um. Tell me, what's the plans for Samuel Lapari? The plans for Because we talked about something over there. I don't know whether you're allowed to talk about it. Um, maybe you text me about something that was being formed. Maybe you're not allowed to talk about that yet, no? Uh, no, well, it's, it's kind of on the thing. So they're on about... Uh, I, I don't know where I am or not. Maybe better not talk no, about we'll it. Ta- we'll talk about that in the next podcast. <laughs> uh, whenever I find out what the crack But if that happens, that'll be unreal. Uh, and do you know what? I've, I've been That's talking. Top secret. I know. But I've been talking to, to people about it as well, and he was like, "Yeah, you think about it. Do you want to go back? If you say that, they're going to know." I know. I, but the, do you want to go back to lying in a hole somewhere? Do you not? Uh, no. Are <laughs> we? Obviously, a bit of me does. You still get a night's sleep. I don't want to be away from the kids. Like, I really do. short term. Yeah, uh, but I think that's the biggest thing. Like coming home, like the time with the kids. I love it. Like even just here at night taking Daniel up this football stream. Mm. Like I'm I am basically like or just pushed aside because I'm like I missed out so much. I wanna you're kinda like I'm home three years and it's still like as if you're I wanna make it up go. to him. But then I'm busy, like I'm away here in the mornings and obviously do a night and stuff. Like I'm busy as well. But at the same time, yeah, I just I wanna do and see and like watch them playing football, take them swimming. So like I do all them runs. Uh, Orla probably thinks it's easier because you want to go on and you just put them into it and you kind of stand and watch but like I missed all that there and I yeah. that's the best thing about being at home just watching them like I do everything for my kids and long may it last uh, I know. But that's like it's just brand and new. even the thought like of if it was to like join a reserve unit or whatever of well, being away no, yeah. no, you don't know where it's out <laughs> like the thought of going away and being we don't away, edit these <laughs> get being away for two weeks yeah like I don't know I, I, think honestly, get, I don't know how I used to do it that's you getting the best of both because uh, I had two two kids and I maybe there was times I didn't see them for eight weeks well funny there's still guys whenever there are babies eight weeks is a, is a long, long time. time a long long I time I still see guys now that are still in and they have kids around the same age as Mabel and I'm like like I hate going to work and uh-huh. coming home and like I we used to have a uh, eight to nine class I was like it's gone Gone. I want to be home for bedtime. I need to be home for bedtime. And like there was few few people kicked back about it and I was like, I'm not not wasting my life. Mm. Um, I spent got to nearly ten years away and I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. No, no. But like I would never change that time away. hundred percent no. wouldn't change it. Everyone always says, Would you go back? I like I wouldn't go back, but I would do it all again. Oh hundred percent. Oh best best experience. That's that's what's changed made me. me who I am now. hundred percent. Before I went, I was I gotta say many different people like I was so shy and backward and introverted and you know I wouldn't be doing this now because whenever I went recruiting when I lost my hearing I was like forced to go talk on stages in front of people and I was like I can't do that now it's like, even a bit like me like I 
whenever I was in the pathfinder, I was standing briefing a brigade commander. Yeah. But that was a subject like I knew SME, every, yeah. I, like, I knew everything. So whenever he asked me, I knew exactly. Like I had planned it to a T. Like I was getting back recently. Then you come in here and you're like, you're full of, of, you're full of really people, know. and you're like, but like I kind of knew a wee bit, but. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, going and doing the course and stuff like that, like, yeah, and the more you do it, you get a bit more confidence. Like, I, I am doing the right thing. You know, like, I, I would have been right if I had said yeah, that. Yeah. And then, like, it's, as you know, it's hard with Stu, because like, he is all over. Like, you don't yeah. get him in it. But I'm starting to get, like, there's a few times the two of us are kind of going, <laughs> like, going ahead. And I'm like, oh, yes, I got him. You know, whereas at the start, I was just like, Jesus. I'm like watching and thinking, there's something not right about that. He is incorrect. And then he's already in right. By the time I process, uh, I was like, oh. But then he's been a long time. Uh -huh, a long time. But that's it. But like, 58 years old, I'm honest. Learning. Like, I learned so much. I don't even think he realizes how much I learned off him whenever. Mm. I, and I always remember, I kind of like, whenever I first started taking my own classes, I was like, all right. I kind of thought I had to be like Stu. Like, uh, so yeah. I was kind of like running. And I found that harder. Whereas now, I kind of brought my own personality into it. Still have the sick thing of like, because like, you know yourself, like Stu gives us a debrief, like whenever he does give a debrief. Uh, but I, sometimes I'm I like, know, <laughs> but like, I, I love that. Yeah. Like uh, I was the exact same. You said you want straight talk. No, a hundred percent. Because then, you know, it's nothing like even that. You know where you stand and you know how to get better. And like, we were massive in that there, the Pathfinders. Like we were all about having had humility to say, look, we could have done this better, could have done that better. And whenever Stu gives it to me, like, I hang on it. I'm like, right. I And whenever I come back in, like he said, uh, like you said to me, he's like, Stu said you were a ninja that day because I'm like, right, I want to show him that I've taken on what he said. And like, I spent my army career doing that. Anything I've said, like, oh, you need to do this here better. So like, you get your empires, Esther. So yeah. I was like, I made sure by the time my Esther came around that that yeah, was done better. better. And that was now routined into me doing that day. But yeah. it is like, it's... It's full on. It's full on in the gym. Like yeah. I didn't realize just how full on it is. And like I'm, my whole mindset's changed. Whereas like I kind of done it in the army, but I am like researching and Looking reading books and listening to this and doing that because I just want to know. <laughs> Since that class this morning, whenever I was talking about the squats and all, I have sat on my phone all day going through why is this happening? Why are uh, people not getting the depth? And you know, you're always learning. But I think so. Sometimes I get really like taken aback because never. Sure, you came on full time and stuff. I was like, sure, can you're not gonna say gym manager, but like anything happens in the gym from programming to organizing what's who's working and all that sort of stuff. You're in charge of that. I will be in charge of everything else. So all the admin, making sure people are getting their in bodies, making sure if people aren't there, we're catching up with them, um, sorting out memberships, getting people through the door. And it's worked massively for us because like we're sitting well above where I ever expected. But then he'll come to me and he'll be like, give me a bit of feedback. And I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, no. He's like, give me a bit of feedback. Like, that's what he always says us too, eh? I'm like, how do you give you feedback? Like, what, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, how's the classes going? I was like, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just come and watch and all. Like, anytime I'm in class and somebody's like, what, what's next? I'm like, what are you asking me for? Well, you're not listening. Because <laughs> like, I just like, as you say, sometimes you just end up watching him because it's. Uh, uh, and see, whenever he is firing oh. all things, like, you could, I could just sit in the corner and be like, that's his class. Sometimes I toy with him and I see how loud I can get him and he'll, he'll be shouting and I'll just hit the wee differ on the, the volume up one. And if he goes later, I'll go again to the point oh, where he is yeah. roaring and I'm like, the atmosphere Do you know just what? lifts. I think it's, well, I don't know, maybe he thinks differently, but I think we and him start, like, do you know, 
I heard you talking about like we kind of bounce off a wee bit, mm. where I'm like kind of stepping in a wee bit more because it's like like he's he tells you to, but it's hard to with yeah. him, you know what I mean? And I think I'm starting to do that wee thing, and like the more I build that there, the more I think I'm getting out of it as well because yeah. I'm kind of and it's coming like it's it's graft because you're constantly thinking like you don't want to you want to give the best to the to the members as well That's as obviously improve yourself. That's why we right? Any advice? This is the last question because I'm sure we're well over the 30 minutes, are we? It was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. There you go. Uh, any advice you would give 18-year-old Samuel Lapari about life? Life in general. It doesn't have to be about going to the army. It can be mindset. It can be just anything. What would you, If you were looking at 18-year-old Samuel right now, what would you say to him? I'm 18-year-old Samuel. Uh, I would probably say <laughs> stop caring what other people think. I like that. Because so, like, I use that as a driving force, and do you know what? Like kind of, like even now I was saying about the PF, like people think you're going, I'm going to fail, and like I used that there as a driving force. Yeah, a wee bit of fire in that there, but like that tormented me. So if I messed up, I was like, oh, they're maybe they're right. Do you know, in the back mm-hmm. of their head, maybe they're right. And you know, that's what kept like, me in basic training. People do not give it. Like they really don't get. They might say it or whatever, do well, whatever. Jealous, Phil, jealousy is a big is, thing. Is it, was it Phil Birdie said it? Somebody said it. I can't remember. I'm going to give Phil credit for this. I'm not sure if it was, but he says you're in your book. So your story is your story. So I, this is my book. I'm in it, and I think everybody's read this book, but they haven't. They're in uh, their own book. Uh, so when you think, oh, if you make one little mistake or you do something they stupid, seen that you think that. everyone's read that. Uh, but they haven't because it's your story. Uh, they can only see the cover most times. hundred percent. They don't see. They don't. They're not reading uh, your story. They're more worried about their story. Exactly. And I was like, if somebody had told me that twelve years, fourteen years ago, I'd be in a different place now. Uh, I think, like even just confidence-wise, everything you'd have that. I think. I think I would build. Like that's one thing I would say. His one line that he, I took away, and I always quoted to him at um, at the ECA summit. He just got up on stage and he was like, "Before I start, I just want everyone to know it's all bullshit." Yeah. That's all he says. It's all bullshit. Do you know this still, can this, this still isn't explicit because I said that. Happy days. <laughs> one, one more thing I would say, and it's kind of like a thing that obviously I'm going for this endurance run on that there in August, and nothing is out of reach for anybody would be another one. Like, nothing is out of reach. Like, the Pathfinders is a big achievement like to do, and I was fit to put a training program into it. Like, I'd done that all myself, not having a clue how mm. to do it. Or, like, there's things now that I know that I would do differently. But it might but, not work. But, uh, but it might not work. And, like, nothing is out of reach. If you want it enough, go and get it. If you want, if the want's there, you'll do it. If you have the one. Right. Thank you very much for listening to that whole one. Sammy's yeah. going to be back on again, I'm sure of it, because, like, that's only the surface. Like, we have. Uh, do you know what? Like, I've done the odd podcast before and you don't get near nah. as much. But, again, thank you very much, Sammy. This is his wee, thank you. His wee thing, if you want to follow him. He's on <laughs> Instagram and Facebook, but he'd probably prefer if you just added him on Instagram. This yeah. is mine. Um, yeah. Thank you. That's the standard of coaches we have here. Um, we're all driven. We're all, we've all got stories to tell and this is what this podcast is for. And we'll get him back. So thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you.